This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, I am going to be talking about when women are not in the mood and don't feel like they're ever in the mood, which, of course, I talk about a lot, and um, how then you can potentially get yourself into a mood where you want to have sex and to really initiate intimacy in some sort of spontaneous, fun way that isn't, um, that doesn't feel totally disingenuous. So before I get to that good stuff that I know you are just really waiting to hear me talk yet again about another angle of human sexuality, um, remember to like and subscribe to my podcast. If you subscribe, you have access to bonus episodes. So just click on subscribe and it's $5.99 a month and you get extra episodes. My most recent one was about empathic ruptures and how to resolve them, which is super important listening for anybody in any kind of a long-term relationship that wants to prevent against mounting resentment and potential divorce. So that's my scare tactic for you to listen to that episode. So let's talk about this episode episode though now. So obviously a lot of women no longer experience tremendous sexual desire within long-term relationships. We're talking about marriages of multiple years and they they know that they um, they love their husband, they want to be uh, fun and you know really just fun partner. <laughs> a lot of women don't feel very fun at this stage of life, anywhere near midlife, honestly, anywhere after kids, you know, the fun starts to diminish a little bit. And, but you still want to be a good partner and you want to get back in touch with some parts of yourself that used to be sexy and figure out how to contribute to a sex life, which is not obviously just, um, laying there like a dead thing during intercourse, but rather is engaging in an enthusiastic and excited way during sex. Now, I've talked a lot about responsive desire, so I am in no way saying that you're supposed to get yourself somehow to when your husband walks into the room, you just can't stop yourself from attacking his body. It's not going to happen after years of marriage. You know, I mean, sometimes he may be looking handsome. You may, in fact, always think that he's handsome. And you may always even think that objectively he's sexy. But does this mean that you are going to experience a flooding of desire in the way that you would have when you were first dating him? Probably not. However, there, this doesn't have to be the end of the story. A lot of women feel that it's disingenuous to act as though they want sex when they don't. And of course, that isn't true, you know, any more than it is disingenuous for your husband to act like he wants to take you out on a romantic date when he doesn't. There are things that we do within the context of a loving and happy marriage. And obviously, as I've hammered into your heads by this point, once you start having sex for many women, that leads to responsive desire. So a few minutes into it, you're going to 
feel that flood of arousal and interest that you used to feel, but it happens after you start, not before. So how do you get yourself into a headspace? Well, one good way is to focus on the positives of your partner. So while many people who are frustrated and irritable in, you know, with the many travails and stresses of life, they harp on the what their partner does not do. So this obviously does not put you in the mood for anything but an argument. However, if you really take the time to focus on the positives of what your husband does, then it may really put you in a much better frame of mind. So if you think, you know, This is like how I talked in my podcast episode about the kind of marital scorekeeping that helps. Scorekeeping is really terrible if you're looking out for yourself, but if you're scorekeeping what the other person is doing right, that can be very, very good for your marriage. So in this case, you could say, what are the nice things that my husband has done today or this week or whatever? He's taken care of the kids. He did some cute stuff with them. He tried to joke around with me yesterday when I was in a bad mood. He did the grocery shopping on the other day. He is being sweet to me about my job problems and listening to me talk about them, whatever it is. So if you think about, wow, my husband has done some really nice stuff, that's going to put you in a very positive mood where you feel good about him. And when you feel good about him, you remember that he's not that bad looking either. And you know, if you start something with him, you're probably going to end up enjoying it sexually. It's even better, by the way, pro tip, you can, if you talk to someone else or even post on social media about positive things that your husband does, then all of the positive feedback from your friends or family is actually going to make you feel better about your husband too. So if your husband brings you flowers and you text your friends like, oh, isn't this cute? or you put it on Instagram or something, then yeah, people are going to say, oh, what a great guy. And then that's going to make you feel good about your husband and in the mood to do what he likes, which you end up liking too. Um, Also, you could start working out. A lot of people get very disconnected from their bodies in midlife and you feel like you are really just a robot that goes to work, takes care of kids and goes home. When you exercise, and I'm not talking about the weight loss aspect or anything like that, I'm talking about merely using your body in a a different kind of a way and becoming reattuned to the fact that you are a corporeal being instead of basically a brain for work and then a set of hands to do shit at home. So if you can pick back up any form of exercise, particularly ones that you like, so a lot of women like stuff related to dancing or, you know, people like yoga, people like weight training, people like different classes, whatever it is, sometimes just the fact of being like a physical being can get you in the mood and to remember what else your body can do in other areas such as the bedroom. Um, it's also good to go out, take walks, go dancing. Basically anything physical is going to put you in the mood for sex more. This is just because you're using your body in a pleasurable way. So you remember you have now you've paired an association of my body brings me pleasure, which you haven't really thought about before. For women, masturbation can also help with this, but don't take it too far. And as I've written about, women can get addicted to the vibrator, which does not help anything in the bedroom with your husband. Um, If you're using a lot of porn constantly as a man, we're not talking about men here, but just my caveat, if you're a man that's using a lot of porn, this is actually going to have a bad effect on your sex life. 
unless somehow you both like it and you're watching it together or you use it very sporadically. But if you're really getting dependent on porn, that's kind of bad, bad scene for your sex life. Just like any sort of dependence on an external object is going to be bad for your sex life because it's not about your partner. So back to women. Um, you, which is my topic. I sometimes find it difficult to stay on track with my topic. So what my topic is here is ways that you can get yourself into the mood to be responsive to your partner. Another way is actually just initiating sex, right? I mean, men want you to initiate sex. This is like the most common thing that men want. And you don't have to like really have a desire to initiate sex. Like it's exciting to initiate and to see how happy that makes your partner and then your responsive desire kicks in. So if you don't usually flirt with your husband or you don't usually put on lingerie or you don't usually uh, ask him to go upstairs or send him a naked picture or anything, depending on how crazy you are, I mean there may be many other things that are things that you used to do that you don't currently do, why don't you try to do them? Because his nice response will be um, enough, possibly, to actually get you in the mood because now you feel sexy. So guys always want, and I did my podcast episode on don't try to turn your wife on by sending her pictures of your dick or whatever else. It's like the, it's like literally the opposite. For many women, sending a naked picture of themselves would be sexy. Getting one about their husband isn't because what's sexy to women is to feel desired. So if you initiate like by sending a naked picture, you get to be rewarded with his desire and all of his enthusiasm. Now, of course, if he's like a dick about this, like there was a guy who, um, there was a woman who wrote in years ago about her husband who she scheduled a sexy naked photo shoot and then he didn't like it. I think because he thought she was overweight or something. So if your husband has ever said anything bad about your body, you shouldn't be initiating sex anyhow because he's an asshole. But certainly don't send him any naked pictures. Only do this in the case where you know you're going to get a nice response, which is, you know, 99% of cases. So you can do something sexy even when you're not feeling it in order to basically trick your brain into feeling sexy. You know, like how if you smile, you know that there's research, by the way, that Botox helps depression. Why? Because it stops you from frowning. And when you frown, then it triggers your brain. I'm sad. When you can't frown, <laughs> your brain thinks I must be happy. I guess, guess at least I'm not sad. So it's the same kind of thing. I frequently say fake it till you make it. And this is an area where that's very useful. So if you're thinking that you look particularly cute in your shirt or whatever that day, or you're feeling less bad body image stuff than usual, send your husband a picture or flirt with him. When you're ovulating is a wonderful time for this because you are, uh, research shows that your voice is higher, you pick sexier clothes and you're nicer to be around, as um, would make sense if we want to perpetuate our species. So during ovulation is a good time to initiate in this way. And it's the closest you're going to come to feeling spontaneous desire for your husband or for anybody. What are some other ways? Well, you know, you can schedule a date. 
a date puts you into a totally different frame of mind. And yes, it's always so good if the man schedules a date. You know what, though? At the end of the day, <laughs> you just got to be out on the date. If you schedule a date, you also get to pick the restaurant and you also get to pick what time you go. And a lot of women who are used to saying that they want their husband to schedule, what they basically mean, <laughs> this is a secret, is uh, I'm glad that nobody schedules it <laughs> because by me telling him to schedule, I know his lazy ass isn't going to schedule, then I don't have to schedule and we don't have to go. So if you're like one of those people that's secretly happy that you're not even out on a date and might actually be kind of irritated if all of a sudden your husband decided to have an every week date night at the place that he thinks you would like, which is never where you would like, why don't you just decide to schedule a date where you would like, get dressed up, look attractive, have a drink, and get yourself into a different mindset or don't have a drink. I'm not telling you to drink if you don't like to drink. But, you know, you get yourself into a different mindset where you're not just a mother and a wife and an employee and whatever else. You're actually a fun person out on the town and this is more reminiscent of who you used to be. Again, we're kind of trying to trick our bodies and brains into feeling how we used to be. This is called uh, state dependence. It's like if you drink coffee when you're studying for a test, then you should drink coffee at the test because you'll recall more of what you studied. It's context dependent. So if you get dressed up and put on perfume and have a glass of wine and you're wearing a cute outfit, then your body remembers that as date, date. When I have date, I feel excited, I feel desired, I feel sexy. And then that may translate to how you feel on the date with your husband, even if you had to plan it, right? And what what shall I give you for a closing remark? I'm usually so good at these soliloquies, but it's been a long day of clients. <laughs> for closing remark, though, to be serious, it's really, really important that couples connect sexually. I see every day the horrible aftermath of couples who have not connected in years in any real meaningful sexual way and it's really hard to get back on track so if you notice yourself getting off track you're the woman now it's not many of the time I tell the man do this do this do this do this do this because after all you're the one who wants to get laid but as a woman even if you don't have an active desire to get laid and if that is the problem you still have an active desire to have a happy marriage so if you have want to have a happy marriage, you don't hate the guy, then you are going to have to go up against the natural biology of women's attenuated sex drive in monogamy. So you are going to have to be wily and you are going to have to trick yourself and your body into feeling sexy enough or happy with him enough or positive enough to start something sexual that will then turn into a nice experience and you could also really feel good about yourself and be proud of yourself for doing that because in reality you weren't quote in the mood but you did it anyway because you are a loving partner. Now, if you like go, going full circle to other podcasts, this, by the way, when people are like, how do people possibly have open marriages? Some people decide to short circuit this process of the woman, you know, pairing how she feels with sexual desire to literally the woman going out and flirting with or dating or sleeping with other men because that stokes her 
real sex drive, which comes out for novel partners. So don't hate that. <laughs> if you're if you heard that podcast and you're like, oh, who are those deviants that do that? I've increasingly more clients now that have those sorts of arrangements for exactly the reason that that is like a real easy way to not easy I don't mean easy but I mean biologically it's an easy way to get the woman's arousal level back up to ooh novel man spontaneous desire so if you're like all real cool and chill in your marriage and you are real secure and open-minded then this is a possibility as well you know involving either the man doing it also or not Uh, but for most people that I'm talking to they are not going to go directly to the source there and get the novel uh, sex desire feeling with a novel person they are trying to replicate that for the good of the marriage within the context of the marriage and sex with a person that is not the novel partner as most women can attest to is usually a lot better than with a novel partner because a novel partner still has to be taught everything and they do not no matter how experienced they are they're usually not very you know good it's all exciting but they don't know exactly how to touch you yet whereas the long-term partner does and by the way If you are somebody who is too shy to teach your partner how to have good sex with you, that is another way to get yourself in the mood to have sex, is to make sure you're having good sex. Because as I just wrote about, um, if when I wrote about uh, does your wife really enjoy sex, and I've spoken about that as well, if you don't enjoy sex, why would you want to do it? This whole end game has to get you somewhere. You have to have responsive desire because he's touching you the right way. If you're in this kind of situation where you don't want to hurt his feelings, but he doesn't really know how to have sex with you right, then you probably ought to go to sex therapy or you ought to do a lot of research about how he can do that better and share some of that with him and think about it and read some erotic stories, talk to your individual therapist about it, figure out a way that you can communicate what you would prefer to your husband because all of the tips in the world are not going to help you if you are going to end up having bad sex. Then you're not going to think about positive things about him. You're not going to put yourself in the mood. You're not going to send him naked pictures because, oh my God, he might want to have sex and sex is terrible. So if you're in that situation, you must help yourself. Do not just sit, you know, getting like older and older, never enjoying your sex life. Nobody deserves that. All right, guys. So hopefully this helps some of you reframe how you can very um, genuinely give it the old college try to get yourself into the mood to have sex with your husband. Even high libido women, by the way, do not usually have spontaneous desire. What they do have is A, they are good at having an orgasm and enjoying themselves in bed, probably with anybody. So the guy shouldn't really be too, you know, bragging too much about that because a high libido woman usually knows what she wants and has tried it enough with other people or with herself and knows. So she knows the sex is going to be good. And also she usually has a physical touch love language. So she genuinely yearns for the cuddling, kissing and hugging, even when she doesn't have spontaneous desire, which she still may have some, but it's never going to be as much as a man. 
So, you know, even high libido women have to use some of these tips sometimes, especially over the vicissitudes of the menstrual cycle, because there's at least a couple weeks there where you don't feel like doing anything ever. And you got to work against that if you want to be a good partner, just as your husband may not want to be romantic ever, but he still got to work against that to be a good partner. All right, guys, thank you for listening. Please subscribe and I will talk to everybody soon.